Radio TFS, episode number 65. Hi, this is Martin Woodward. This is Greg Duncan. And this is Paul Hacker. Well, guys, Paul, good to have you back on the show. Yeah, it's been a while. It's, it's, been, it's been a while. I took a little hiatus, but I'm back now, and this is great. I'm going to be a regular again. So uh, this, is, this is fantastic to hear you guys. Uh, how have you been getting on? How's, have you been trying out uh, all the latest bits of TFS and things? Have you been doing lots of TFS upgrades to 2012? I've been doing like, a lot see? of upgrades to 2012. I've been doing a lot of talking about 2013 because uh, uh, I have customers that want to actually upgrade to 2013. So, um, yeah, and then playing with the bits as much as I can. Actually, one of, the, one, of the, for one of the things I've been working on, which a lot of people don't know about, um, well, they probably do now, is in-release. So I don't know if you guys understand what in-release is, but um, Microsoft purchased a product for release management. And so I've been focusing a lot of attention on in-release. Oh, wow. We should, um, I could get Claude on the show as well, if you want. You want would you like to do that? And we'll, we'll have a whole show about the in-release stuff. We could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, okay, let's that'd be great. about that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Super. Ryan. Well, speaking about upgrades, um, a great offer for everybody on the show. If you go along to aka.ms slash TFS upgrade weekend, I know I said we'd stop doing short links, but I thought I'd stick one in there anyway. So aka.ms slash TFS upgrade weekend. There's, um, uh, we, Brian Keller's got a fantastic offer. Basically, um, if you're excited about upgrading to TFS, uh, 2013 but you know you're not very uh, comfortable running the pre-release bits the preview bits they have a go live license but still people are you know a little bit wary of them a little bit frightened to upgrade and that's understandable that's one of the reasons why we invented the service so we could encourage people to make sure they're running the very latest bits but you can't beat some good on-premise installate on-premises installations for people to you know make sure everything's working for them and you know give us some feedback you know just uh, and also to use all the latest and greatest bits because we you know we've been using it in production for a long time now and the service has been running in you know with the latest bits for a long time there's just so many cool features that have arrived uh in the service that are in that are in this you know the latest preview bits that um yeah it'd be it'd be really worth you you're running in inside the firewall if you can so to help you um if you fancy scheduling an upgrade to the uh preview for uh, the weekend of September 13th to the 15th. During that weekend, we're going to have um, a bunch of experts from the product group and from customer support and from uh, PFE, the uh, the people who, you know, if you if you like pay loads of money to Microsoft for a massive support contract and then like something goes wrong, you basically pick up the phone to Microsoft and ninjas fall out the sky. Um, they're called PFEs. And the, the, the premium field engineers, he just dropped down and get things sorted. Grant Holiday, uh, who we've had on before, he, he was a PFE for a while um, in Australia. And he's a guy that knows the most about running TFS of anybody in the world, I think. Um, and so, yeah, there's a bunch of PFEs, a bunch of customer support people, a bunch of people on the product group. I'll be there um, on the phone over the weekend. It's a bit like a telephone. And what we're going to do is we're going to have everybody on a big support call. <laughs> and we're, if, there's any, if you've got any problems or any questions during the upgrade or if something goes wrong, then you will literally have the, the experts from the product group and the experts of people doing these upgrades. They're ready to help you do your upgrade. So uh, that's going to be a great offer. If you're thinking about going to the preview, then definitely do it the weekend of September 13th to the 15th. So uh, now we'll be we'll be actually using the information from the upgrades. Kind of, it's a, an experiment for us. We've never done this sort of thing before. And uh, as we yeah, as we see what happens with the upgrade stuff, it kind of gives us an idea about how things are going and and see what we need. You know, see what we need to get prepared for in terms of 
uh, FAQs and any, if there's any common gotchas that people run into when they're doing the upgrade, then we can make sure we get those well communicated out by the time we ship. So uh, if you go along to that, that, that address again, aka.ms slash TFS Upgrade Weekend, the survey is going to be open until uh, September the 6th. So you've got um, just about just under a week to get your survey information in. Or you can uh, send an email to VSEAP. So that's uh, Victor Sierra Echo Alpha Papa at Microsoft.com if you've got any questions about this offer. And I'm sure probably Brian Keller will jump on the email and, and, and um, yeah, have a chat. So isn't that pretty cool? That's pretty awesome, actually. Uh, I got a question on that, though. Is there a limited number of people that it's going to accept? Or is like is everybody who fills out this survey going to have a, the ability to work with field engineer if needed? Um, uh, email, <laughs> VSEAP and ask. As far as I'm aware, it is, you know, we are... The reason why we're doing the survey is to try and get an idea on numbers. We have, um, you know, there are limited spots, um, but we've got, we've, we've actually, so it's over the weekend and we weren't think, you know, we were thinking, we weren't sure how many people would be able to get from the product group and from PFE and, you know, all around. Cause these guys, you know, this is what they do for a day job. And for me, it's, you know, it's what I, you know, it's, you know, my job and stuff. And so normally at the weekend, I would like rather be playing with the kids or talking to you guys doing a podcast or something. But, um, yeah, we were surprised. We actually got loads of people signing up, which is amazing. So, um, so we've probably, we've got more, a few more slots than we were originally thinking we would have, which is why Brian Keller suggested that we, uh, we might open it up to the people on, on radio TFS as a bit of an exclusive and, uh, and, and you know, and cause you know, we've got, you know, some, uh, hardcore listeners who are, who are into TFS who might be willing to take up the offer. So there we go. A little, a little special for everybody. And then, um, yeah, I got um, some uh, news as well. Um, so, uh, surprise the guys. Um, I am uh, going to go take um, and start helping out and look after the uh, Coplex. So really? What's that going to do for um, uh, Team Explorer everywhere? Are you not going to focus on that at all anymore or what? I'll still be around on that, obviously. Um, but uh, they were actually, we've got a guy um, who's very up to speed on that stuff who, you know, um, funnily enough, works around the uh, Raleigh-Durham area, which is, uh, you know, there's plenty of people maybe who might have worked for uh, other companies involved in the Eclipse space around here uh, near IBM. And, um, yeah, so he's, he knows an awful lot about the Eclipse space. And so uh, he's getting well up to speed and he's probably he's going to be driving that, but obviously still be around and helping out. And, you know, I've always, um, always had a passion for open source and for trying to improve Microsoft's um, involvement with open source and so this is really just a, a continuation you know continuation of that and trying to uh, trying to see what we can do to to make the microsoft platforms you know vibrant space for open source communities so it should be exciting well congratulations man that's awesome yeah thank you very much so uh if you've got any requests of what you want on the coplex site then you know do drop me a line, and, uh, then feel free to get on board. I know Greg's already got probably got a list of is is down his arm of things he wants because he's one of the power users of Coplex. So. I just found I've actually got access to um, uh, the reporting tables, Greg, so uh, I can go in and generate all these cool reports and stats and things of different parts of the site. So I'm going to have fun playing with that. So yeah, yeah, it should be good. 
It'd be interesting to see some of that information like uh, posted somewhere or, you know, um, later in the show, we were going to talk about internal TFS usage at Microsoft, but it'd be cool to, you know, have that kind of how many people are really on there and how active is it really and how many active projects are there and and that kind of stuff. That, That would be interesting. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, definitely. I think we should post that sort of stuff on the Coplex blog and things. Yeah. Or, I mean, there's obviously, you know, metrics that are displayed on the site, but no, it'd be cool. There's like, um, I can't remember how many is. It's 40-odd project collections. <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was like, wow, that's impressive. So it's a fairly big uh, TFS installation as well as the Coplex <laughs> site, you know, in front of it. So, what yeah, version of Codeplex uh, of TFS is it running? It's actually currently running uh, TFS 2012 um, update three. You know the latest update. Oh, so it's pretty so, current. Yeah, cool. Well, it is, but uh-huh. it's not running. Uh, it's not running TFS 2013 preview. Right. Which is interesting. Right. So um, yeah, maybe we should use the upgrade weekend to do that. I don't know. Uh, so we, yeah, we <laughs> want to get on the, the um, 2013 as quick as you can. One of the things I'm going to be doing is, and one of the reasons why I like come on board on the Coplex team is to kind of um, see what we can do to, you know, f- improve and add functionality to TFS to make it to make it better at hosting Coplex projects. Um, like currently, I don't know if you know this, but the Git support in Coplex isn't the same Git support that's that TFS ships. TFS, we, we the, it's it's basically just uh um it's just vanilla you know core git that that's behind the scenes um there's an excellent podcast actually an excellent handsome and it explains the architecture of the git support in coplex which i can include in the show notes and uh, one of the things we want to do is obviously upgrade to tfs 2013 and then um point the coplex site at the the you know the git server that is the tfs git server not uh you know just as we can as we've got as that'll remove one little bit you know another set of machines out of the pool and and you know a bit, another bit of code that doesn't have to be different between coplex and tfs so yeah there's, there's lots to do um and lots of ideas for exciting features and things and you know i've got a, for a while i'm just going to be coming up to speed with the code base coming up to speed with all the stuff and then hopefully we'll try and start making some improvements all good and speaking of um coplex matt rock who works on the tfs team actually but not on the cupboards area but he's got a uh, blog post up all about um the release apis um this is one of the one of the areas coplex doesn't really have a, a huge uh, rest api um surface area at the minute but one of the areas that it does have rest apis around uh, well, it has apis around is man- being able to manage uh, releases and be able to automate all this but he's got a really interesting post which we'll link to in the show notes sort of talking about how he does his build and release steps and how he ba- has it all scripted so he can push up a new release and it's all really cool so um it's it's good not just as a um it's one of those posts that's great because it, it's an interesting practice post and an interesting here's a Coplex API post, but also a really good here's some cool PowerShell post. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. You'd be big on the PowerShell with your Paul, but you know more and more sysadmins I talk to are very uh, mm-hmm. PowerShell tastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm coming up to speed on that because um, I'm not a PowerShell person, but when it comes to TFS, right. yeah, cool. 
Um, okay, and then the other thing I wanted to do in my in my in the Martin's news section part of the show, which is taken up half the show, but never mind. We've got the uh, <laughs> um, we did a uh, uh, you know service update. So if you go along in the show notes, Brian Harry did a blog post talking about the latest update we did out in the service. It was a fairly um, as small update as Brian mentions. It was mostly just some stuff to the co comment features that were um, uh, my old team. Had uh, done so. Um, yeah, if you go along and uh, take a look at Brian's blog post to tell you about those, we're obviously getting ready to. You know, we're trying to lock down the builds and do lots of sort of stabilization and bug fixing and things just to make sure, uh, doubly sure that the um, the the RTM version of uh, of TFS twenty thirteen is rock solid. So there'll probably be. Um, you know, less features arriving in the service in the next sprint or two while we're just going around and fixing bugs and doing, you know, the last sort of performance testing and accessibility testing, localization testing, all those things you need to make sure, uh, you know, it's 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 okay in the service because we can fix them quick, but there's certain things that we we need to make sure we've got absolutely right before we burn it onto a CD and ship it out the door. So just to give you a little warning, that the, the service updates, you might get a breather for them for a little bit while the kids go back to school, just while you uh, probably as you need it while we get ready to, to ship the RTM. Now, one of the things, you know, we talk about these releases a lot, uh, pretty much every show, um, but how would you guys out there listening, if you wanted to go back and find all of these releases, you know, yeah, there was a feature released. I mean, they've done so many features. Uh, how would you go back and carry uh, Brian's blog or whatever? Well, they've just released on the Team Foundation service site. Um, a table of all of these releases going back to August 6, 2012. It, it actually tells what version of TFS it's running, 2012.1, 2012.2, 2013. Um, all here, easy to find, a high-level list of the features that were uh, implemented in that release. Uh, this is actually a great resource if you were kind of trying to figure out when what feature went live on TFS. Uh, Isn't we'll it have... absolutely crazy seeing all the stuff that's arrived since TFS, you know, uh, 20 for 2012 RTM? That is a, it's just mad. a lot of releases, a lot of stuff in there. And again, the cadence so different between, you know, 2012 and, and previous versions and seeing all these yeah. little incremental things. Imagine if, you know, imagine if we hadn't have done it in increments and it is just, this, all this stuff just arrived one day on a DVD. Uh, it'd, be, it'd have been a nut. So <laughs> yeah. We would never have done it because it would have been too much. We wouldn't have been able to test it and improve it. But yeah, it's just mad. There's so much stuff there. It's really good for me it'd as well. Like being able new, to, go ahead. It'd be like a whole new release. You know, almost like it a whole would. new 2013 release. <laughs> it's really handy for me, though, because I, I often like I'm sat there, you know, because I've been playing with a particular feature for ages, especially if I was involved in building it or something and then i'm like now is which is that shipped yet i can't remember and you know which was that in 20 is that in a 2012 update or is that a 2013 feature and yeah so it's a it's a great resource that actually tells you which features high level uh, arrived in which releases and uh, yeah it's great it's great talking about releases uh, you know we've and cadence uh, visual studio 2012.4 update 4 was made available a couple of days ago, last week, week before last. 
And the release candidate two of it. The release candidate two, correct. And Brian's actually the, the important thing on this update, and I think we've mentioned this before, is this is really going to be a small update. This is a bug fix update, and the release cadence is going to be extended. Brian's saying it's going to be a very small update, and it's going to ship sometime towards the end of the year between now and then. So it's not something that's going to come out, you know, today, tomorrow. Um, it's going to ship towards the end of the year. I, I would expect it, you know, personally sitting on the outside, like most of you guys, uh, you know, the ship date would be somewhere around VS 2013-ish release, whenever that is officially released. So, um, you know, I, I would kind of, it would kind of make sense if they had to do some sort of special release to make Visual Studio 2012 happier to be with 2013. And there was some last minute things that they needed to make that happiness go. Then, uh, you know, I could see that coming into this kind of release. And that would kind of make sense the way he kind of hedged on before the end of the year, between now and then. Oh, that's four months. I actually don't know either. I was just thinking about that. I I was just thinking to myself, I should probably go find that out because I'm trying to remember when it is and I don't know. So there we go. So at least I'm not hiding anything from anybody. (laughs) (laughs) So on that note, um, releases, um, let's talk about 2013 um, Visual Studio and TFS and Brian Keller. And as most of you out there know, Brian Keller creates the virtual machines that then he allows us to download and play with and, you know, get our hands dirty with. And he has already built out a Visual Studio 2013, TFS 2013, um, uh, virtual machine that's the preview bits that you can download with the hands-on labs and demo scripts like he does with everything uh and it's really cool i've been playing with it for a little bit and you know uh they, they got a lot of and team rooms and you know uh, the new look of the of uh, the home page for team explorer um with the, with the more of the metro interface type look um with the tiles and things uh, it's pretty cool so um i would suggest anybody that's interested in playing around with the bits go out there and download them and, uh, you know, get your hands dirty because uh, he's got some really cool stuff. One of the other things that he has also is a new lab. And so I don't believe the lab was included with the virtual machine, but was released after the fact. And this new lab is on agile planning and portfolio management. So a lot of um, there's a lot of new changes to the um, the agile planning portion of TFS 2013, and so for some you know it's it's definitely a lot better. Uh, and so what he's done is created a lab with about two or three exercises in there that let you exercise some of this this new functionality with feature sets and um, and, and doing your whole management of your portfolio. Uh, you know, doing individual teams, how they maintain their autonomy and things like that. Um, so you definitely want to go out there and look at that lab um, if you're going to go out and download the bits, play with it. Because um, I think it's, uh, I again, I think it's great that, that he does this work. It's I, I just can't give him enough kudos. He, he works like a madman to get these things out to us and, uh, and let's make it worth his time and, and go and play with them. Definitely. It's a really handy way. You know, obviously having TFS 2013 running in the service is a really good way of trying 2013. But um, having the having the you know the virtual machine so you can play with it locally, the, the Visual Studio without having to install anything, and having, you know, a little TFS server that's very local to you as well and just uh, is, is huge. Yeah, and what's really cool about that is that you have data. You know, that's the thing is you don't have to go out there and try and create data. Here you have the data already that you can run your reports, you can see your backlog, you can see the charts work. It, that's what I really dig about is that he fills this thing with so much good data. 
Yeah, yeah, it's great for the reported stuff as well. It's brilliant. Cool. Well, I think it's that time of the show. Mm. Uh, episode 65 of Radio TFS is brought to you by SAS Made Easy, a leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers, and TFS ALM Consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com. That's www.sasmadeeasy.com. E-A-S-Y.com or via email at sales at sasmadeeasy.com. And now back to the show. And I think it's back to you, Paul, for another uh, news item. Yeah. So um, this this uh, guy's gone out there. Um, his name Alexander, um, I believe is how you say his name. And basically, Alexander has come up with a way to create dev and test environments in minutes. So you're going to want to go out and read his blog. I don't know if we got a tiny URL on that at all or not, but um, uh, we do. We we're just sticking we're sticking him in the show notes. Okay, some, excellent. Some so so yep. there they are. So um, what he's done is basically showed you how to take advantage of your MSDN subscriber benefits. So I, I constantly run into people that don't realize that they have MSDN as an MSDN subscriber. They have Azure hours free to use. Um, it's getting more less and less that I see people not know about it, but there's still a lot of people out there that don't seem to understand they have these hours. And what he's done is basically showed you how to take and stand up dev test environments in Azure um, using those free minutes you have or free hours that you have um, to build out a really nice environment for yourself and shows you talks about, you know, what size of machines you should create, what, what type of, um, you know, operating system features do you want? Like SQL server, do you want some biz talk or, you know, you do want Ubuntu or whatever the case may be. Um, he kind of walks through that and he got to read some of that information that's produced like, you know, disk read, write, CPU spikes, things like that. Um, so again, if, if you're, if you're an MSDN subscriber and you're not taking advantage of those Azure benefits for, for, uh, for your hours, uh, I would really suggest you go out there and even if you are, read his blog and, and, and get some information because I think it's really great on how he sets this thing up and, you know, within, 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 literally within minutes, you can have your dev test environment going. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing that, you know, you get an MSCN subscription. Hopefully, you can convince your boss into buying one for you or maybe you pay your own or whatever. But you've got your MSCN subscription and then you just, yeah, create a VM and run it out in the cloud. And, you know, you don't, you can't be installing, maybe you can't install the very latest version of Visual Studio locally or, you know, you'd want to play with SQL and you can't. But rather than, rather than having to get all the CDs and find some capacity locally to play with things, you just fire up a VM in the cloud and install all the bits there. And those data centers have got more bandwidth than God. It's just amazing. <laughs> you go in and it's, oh, it's just awesome. You, you can, I have a better connectivity into there from anywhere. And then when you, you know, you connect your remote desktop in great, even great connectivity and then off you go and just, you know, you have your entire dev environment out in the cloud talking to TFS in the cloud. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. This cloud stuff might catch on. <laughs> and no, it's awesome. And, and one now, of the other I, things, oh, go ahead, Greg. Yeah, you know, I was thinking, you know, these two stories together, you can, as far as I understand, take a VH, VHD and Hyper-V VHD compatible kind of VHD um, that yep. you've created locally, and you could put yep. it up into the cloud and run it yep. there. All, so you, all you do is you basically you sysprep it. Uh, yeah, you basically just sysprep it. Oh, no, you install the Azure integration tools first, I think, and then you sysprep it. And then you bring it back up, but you, you transfer it out to Azure, which can take a while. If it, you know, it, 
even if it's got more bandwidth than God, you don't. And then uh, <laughs> so I'm wondering, it, you know, why it. we couldn't be running Pine Colors VM out there in Azure as opposed to downloading it all ourselves. Oh, people, yeah, people do do that, um, run it out there. But the uh, Barons one actually isn't connected to the network because um, the way that he sets it up is uh, it, it's set to a certain time of the day. Uh, to um, so that all the reports and things work because he's pre-populated with data, and so it, it's set. If you notice, the VM is set to is like locked down to whatever time of whatever time and date he set it to sometime in the past. Um, and then yeah, so so it is deliberately disconnected from a network connection so that it doesn't um, it doesn't uh, go and get the latest time from the time ah, server. Got it. Yeah. And it would also, um, it, yeah, it, there's various problems with it if you actually connect to the network. There's been a few times where people connect them to the network inside of like a, in the, at the speaker room at TechEd, or they even do it internally. And, you know, so <laughs> you'll, you'll uh, go onto the network and try to log on to, you know, uh, VS ALM 2012 or whatever you know the generic name he gives it, and you, you jump in and you're in a, you're in a version of a machine running software. You think that's not the version I've got, and then you realise it's because somebody stood up a virtual machine on the network with the same name that's registered, and you you've connected to theirs rather than connecting to yours. Nice, so, yeah, nice. You have to be careful with that. One of the other things you can do with those Azure benefits, which is really cool, and I did a webcast on this um, a little while back, is your load testing. Um, you can actually have your test controller running local in your in your Azure machines um, be running for your load testing, and and you can gather your metrics back that way. And it's it's really cool. I actually did a webcast on it. It's an hour long webcast, but it's it's real easy to set up, and it's um, another great feature that you could take advantage of Azure with. Brilliant. We should uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes, then, Paul. I'll get you the link. Yeah, brilliant. But if you're using the um, service and stuff and talking to the cloud, I was wondering, uh, can you think of any reasons to use a team, found service, team foundation service, Greg? I can think of 10. Well, actually, I can't think of 10. But Lee Scott and Giles Davies can think Giles of Davis, it is. Giles? God, yeah, there Giles. we go. He's British, you see. Ah, so I, I, damn British. Yeah, oh. Carry on. Anyway. Um, they can think of 10. They, they've written up this post, uh, the 10 top reasons to use a team foundation service. And, uh, you know, they're all good posts. Uh, they're all good ideas. It's, I don't want to really kind of spoil it, but you know, the first one is that you don't have to install anything. It's just there. It's the latest version. You get your choice of version control. Um, you get some place to collaborate. You know, the, the only issue is that, you know, with the team foundation service is that these are private repositories are not it's not like codeplex codeplex is for the world the, the tfs is for you know specified team members it's a private collection but uh you know there's 10 reasons here and let me see what is it you'll be using and then wait you'll be using an environment used by professional developers around the world Oh, that's a deal. There we go. Yeah, um, I um, I was in, I had a work experience student in the other week, and uh, we were doing some stuff. We actually hooked up my Raspberry Pi to TFS to use it as a build monitor, which is pretty cool. It was like <laughs> two lines of code. It was unbelievable. So it's but, like the new but, build that, bunny, but this is the build. Yeah, pie. yeah, but it was a Raspberry build pie. Oh, oh that's a good name. <laughs> There's a blog post. <laughs> Thanks, <Greg. laughs> Oh, credit, yeah, the bill pie. Oh, <laughs> nice. I'll, 
I'll trademark it quick. People will be so disappointed when they see a picture of it, though, you know, it's not a tasty pie, it's just a big lump of circuit yeah. boards and stuff. Oh, the full pie, I love it. Okay, so that's enough of that. But yeah, we did that, and uh, I was showing him, to, you know, we were obviously doing the source control with TFS at the service and showing it to him, and, um, you know, we did all the work planning and all that sort of stuff in this, and he was thinking, no, yeah, that's interesting. And then uh, in the afternoons, he would shadow me while, you know, we had team meetings and stuff, because I wait, you know, the Americans are asleep in the morning, so that's when I get work worked on and then in the afternoons is when I talk to people and um, we were doing some sprint planning and it was like afterwards he's like oh you actually use this tool to do real work (laughs) I was like yeah so it's a lot it's a lot prettier than I thought that it would be for people for tools that people use for real work so that was quite funny anyway nice so when you were talking about CodePlex and Martin I was Mm. thinking about um you know, how does CodePlex's deployment compare to what TFS is internally at Microsoft? You know, and you know, how, what size-wise, you know, source control um, document-wise, you know, source code file? Yeah, it's very di- it's a very different usage profile. This is why, again, it's very interesting to bring sort of close into the TFS team because um, obviously uh, CodePlex has lots and lots and lots of people and lots and lots of, of, of projects, but they tend to be fairly small projects. If you look, there aren't actually that many projects that have separate branches and things, never mind, um, you know, massive uh, massive projects. But yeah, Aaron's um, done a, a post all about internal usage statistics. We'll put a link in the show notes, but I believe you were taking a look at it. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's one of the things I was looking at was how I, I'm always interested in what Microsoft's deployment of TFS internally, how it's being mm-hmm. used, who's using it and things like that. And uh, so there's a there's um, a blog post out there by on the Visual Studio ALM team foundation server blog on the internal usage for the first half of uh, calendar. And it's just amazing. I mean, 4.8 million test cases. You know, that's just <laughs> I was looking at that same thing, too. That's a ridiculous number of test cases. I mean, man, 500 project collections. Um, it's just, it's just if you want to really see somebody using TFS and what TFS can do, um, you know, and handle, you need to really go through these notes. And they, and they got them broke down um, fairly granular in a lot of cases. But you know, to, to how many, how many source code files? 234 million. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But the one I really like is the bills. Bills jumped 118 percent between January and June and up mm. to 657,000 or so bills uh, running per month. So this is this uh, new release cadence we're on nowadays <laughs> across Microsoft, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's, it's, it's awesome. You, you, so I, I love reading those statistics and seeing that because that really uh, you know, makes me feel good. You know, there's what TFS is able to handle. When I hear people say, you know, it's, it can't handle all this or that, or it's, you know, it's... it's, it's oh, no, TFS scales. I know, it scales uh, so blue. well. We it's good as well because uh, we've been doing a bit more work with the Xbox team as well. And, you know, as far as my uh, nine-year-old son's concerned, that's basically I was listening to him. He was playing Minecraft the other day with one of his friends, and you know, he was chatting over the voice chat as they do while they're playing Minecraft with each other. And he was uh, he was chatting away, and you know, he, I heard his little mate asking him what his daddy does, and you know, and he says, "Oh, my dad works for Microsoft." And you know, a bit more discussion. I didn't quite hear it. Microsoft, you know. Microsoft, the people what make the Xbox. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that that puts that puts me in my place. So that's cool. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's amazing seeing that. Yeah, the Xbox here, and just looking at the graphs here in this chart about 
you got the SQL team, Xbox team, Dev, Div, Bing, big group, you know, uh, and then you look at the work items, but the test cases, I mean, Xbox has more test cases than, you know, Dev, Div, and you know, the yeah, MSIT has a little bit more, but it's like, wow, that's pretty interesting. What I want to It's know- also interesting to see what the different groups and which bit of the product they really abuse and you know over you know use a lot of compared with other parts i found this with companies as well different companies get different things out of tfs some people just use it as a source control repository some people use it for work items some people just use it for testers test cases you know and then that mix it's also interesting to me that DevDiv isn't the biggest TFS server inside Microsoft anymore. If you look at purely at the number of users connecting, then Bing's overtaken us now, and the Xbox team are uh, rapidly catching up. You know, it's it's uh, yeah, it's some pretty serious stuff. I want to wow. know what happened to the team projects. Who did it, who did the massive consolidation? You went from eleven thousand four hundred to seven thousand eight hundred. It's thirty two percent drop. Some of those team projects got seriously consolidated. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, well, Microsoft. So, so cool. it is that time of the show. Yeah, it's time to wrap up the show. Oh, we got to have the Rangers. Yeah, try. Good try. <laughs> so um, a couple things got released. The, the big one, and the one that I like, actually, best of all, speaking of unit tests, um, Visual Studio Unit Test V1 Generator RTMs. You can now uh, get the the release candidate and the betas, and this has been around for a while, but now it's finally RTM'd, and you know it just makes that creating those unit tests that much easier of uh, to entry. It, you know, it pretty much brings back, you know, achieves a moderate amount of restoration of the Visual Studio 2010 features. You know, if you missed that, and I did, Woo-hoo. I really missed. That. You know, right mouse click generate unit test. It's like I, I, I look for hours. It's like my, my Visual Studio is broken. It's like, no, it's just not there. Um, but now it is. You download this, it's free, it's available. Um, and what's neat about it uh, is that it supports not just MS test, but it also supports N unit and X test. So, and it does, it generates the VB or C sharp code as well. So they've taken it to, you know, the next, I hate to say this, to the next level. Um, which is nice. I like seeing that. So, um, also, one of the uh, smaller things on it is you know the visual, the um, ALM Rangers. One of the best resources they have beyond these code drops. Yeah, code. You know what. Whatever, but it's the documentation that they generate. They generate some seriously awesome documentation, and uh, they, they've announced that they are updating uh, uh, all the guides. CRISPR. They'll be evolving into you know, like real eBooks. Um, the planning guides have been updated. The upgrade guides have been updated. <sighs> you know, if you are using TFS. Um, or wanting to use it, you got to review these guides. There is nothing better, um, especially if you're like maybe planning an upgrade, uh, you know, this weekend or the, the weekend of the, um, what was it, 13th and 14th? 13th and 15th. checking the mail now yep. to see if, if Michael and people like that from the Rangers are actually is signed up to be there for the, uh, <laughs> for the upgrade weekend. Let me find out. Yeah, they should be, huh? Uh-huh. Let me see. Go carry on. But if you, if you are looking at the, doing those upgrades now or in the future, if you're on 2010 or you're 2008 or, God forbid, 2005, and you're looking to upgrade, you got to do these guides. If it, 
and use these ALM Ranger resources. Um, you know, they have administration resources. The number of resources these guys have is pretty much um, kind of just scary. So, we're great. And that that upgrade book is just you know the bible. I mean, obviously, I know the Professional Team Foundation Server 2012 book is a, is a classic, and everybody needs to read it. But the uh, if you want to get if you want to get really deep down, then definitely have have a look at the upgrade guide. It's fantastic. Well, hey, I think that's about it for the show. That's a good show, guys. So um, yeah, I'll uh, take me a few weeks to you know get my feet in the door with Coplex and try and understand what's going on. It's always a problem when you've got a new job; you've got to come up to speed. But um, quite excited about it. So if anybody has got any feedback then do let me know and i'll be i'll be blogging about that soon as well so that's quite cool ben, and then feedback um, yeah. you can email us at radio tfs at outlook.com or you can call us on the phone at one four two five two three three eight three seven nine so please give us your feedback or topic suggestions or just general comments fantastic thanks paul and thanks greg and we'll see you all next time on radio tfs